Well, it's so good to see all of you tonight. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. I know we have so much on our minds tonight, uh, an unprecedented situation that none of us have ever been in before. And things are changing day by day, right? And yet I believe that there is a reminder of how things were supposed to be and the hope we now have and what's to come. And I pray that this message will encourage us and strengthen our faith and fire us up in our love for God and for those around us. We have a great big God, don't we? And he has given us everything we need to follow after him with confidence that he has the whole world in his hands. He has the whole world in his hands. So I want to take us back to the beginning. Before all this craziness. And I'm talking the very beginning. Like in the beginning. We're going to go a little bit into the Old Testament tonight. And just a reminder that the Old Testament is God's word through the law and the prophets, okay? So let's go back up to all, how it all started because we need to be reminded that God had a different plan from the beginning than what we are seeing today. So pray with me. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord our strength, and our redeemer. So we're going to go back to the creation story. And I hope this will all make sense as to why we're going back to the beginning so that we can talk about what's happening now and the opportunity that's before us in the coming days. Sound good? All right. Well, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning... The spoken word of God revealed in the first book of the Bible, written by Moses. Moses himself came down with the law, also a prophet, okay, and is considered a prophet. And he wrote the first few books of the Hebrew Bible. And so he writes in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then two verses later, God said, let there be light. And I want you to let that sink in for a moment. Let there be light. You know, John the Apostle wrote something very similar in John 1.1. He starts with those three words. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The word of God, Jesus, was the light of all mankind. Let there be light. And Jesus even said this about himself, didn't he? In John 8, he says, I am the light of the world. Jesus who was with God in the beginning, 
And that's the story of creation. I kind of truncated it a little bit. There's a lot more to it. <laughs> God in community, though, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the beginning. But the question, why did God create? It always starts with why. <laughs> I'm in a salt class. I take this salt class online, and um, it's, uh, it's called the Dynamics of Certain Servant Leadership. And I don't know if any of my classmates are in here. Robert, Albert, Greg, there. Yeah, Greg is my classmate. Brian's our professor. And uh, we had a video lecture just a couple weeks ago. And it was called How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And the basic thesis of this TED Talk, okay, by Simon Sinek, is that you always start with why. So we're going to do the same thing. <laughs> we're going to start with why. We know who created all things, but why did he do it? You know, the Bible tells us that. The Bible answers that question. In Psalm 102:18, I think we have that on our slide here. If you have your Bible, you can open up or your app, or you can just look on the screen. Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. That's why. To bring praise to the Lord, to bring him glory. The answer to why is even on our mission statement. The mission statement starts by answering the question why. Our mission is to glorify God. So if you're following in your outline, I have a blank there for you, the first one. Our mission is to bring glory to God. That is our prime directive. For those of you who are trekkers, this is also known as Starfleet Order number one. <laughs> I'm getting a laugh because Brian loves next generation. I know that. And so do I. It starts with why? To bring glory to God. And when you know the why of something, then you can answer how. Why do we exist as a church? To bring glory to God. And how do we do that? By making disciples who love God passionately and their neighbor as themselves. So we know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created everything and everyone. And each person was created in his image. We know that. God's fingerprints are all over creation. Creation is actually the primary proof of God's existence. Romans 1. But God's creation took a turn when sin entered the world. Sin, the fall of creation. And the Bible tells us that the world is groaning in suffering, even now, for a new world to come. Have you ever groaned before? 
like a, like a terrible groan, but it's the kind of groan that you know things are going to get better. Well, many years ago, I went fishing with my friend, Jimmy Shinjo. There's Jimmy. Is he here tonight? All right. Well, I went fishing with Jimmy many, many years ago. And uh, on that trip was Pastor Ron and uh, Jimmy's friend, Suki. I think the name was Suki. This was like 24 years ago. It was a long time ago. And um, we cast out on Jimmy's boat. You were on Jimmy's boat, weren't you, Brian? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, you go really early in the morning. All right. Everyone's excited. And it's going to be a good day. It's going to be an awesome day, right? Because you're going to go out on a boat. And you're going to go fish. And uh, I, know, I don't know how many miles we end up going out. Um, but we're trolling. And maybe like 45 minutes later, uh, we get some action. Uh, can I get my water there? Thank you, Cameron. Um, so we get some action. And um, I think even multiple strikes on the line, okay? And uh, Pastor Ron and Suki and Jimmy, they're all jumping on the fishing boat. They're so excited. They're pulling fish in, right? And um, they actually land two big fish. And I forget what it is. I want to say Aku. I don't think it was Aku. But when they pull the fish in the boat, they're like this big. And um, they're high-fiving, and they're hugging each other, and uh, it's awesome. Except for me, it's not awesome because I'm kneeling over the starboard bow of the boat, and I am chumming the water. <laughs> I'm sick, like I've never been sick before. And um, thank goodness, you know, Jimmy's my friend. Jimmy loves me. I love Jimmy. And Jimmy's seeing that I am sick to my stomach. And at death's door, he turns the boat around. If I was on a charter boat, they'd be like, sorry, we ain't turning back. But Jimmy, my friend, he says, we're turning back after 45 minutes. And um, I feel horrible that they're cutting the trip short, but at least they caught two fish, right? That's kind of cool. And so we head back in, and um, I'm feeling terrible for cutting this, this trip short. And my chest is hurting because I've been heaving so much. And uh, my throat feels like sandpaper. All right, it's terrible. But um, Danny is groaning. Uh, you know, I don't even know why I went into third person there. But Danny is groaning. <laughs> all right, not feeling good. And, uh, but you know what? I'm going to stop right there because actually in Romans, it, it actually says that um, creation groans as in the pains of childbirth. And um, I'm smart enough to not even go there, okay? I'm just going to leave it right there. But there's good news on the horizon. I'm on the boat. I see the horizon, and I see dry land ahead, and I know that's where I need to be, just on dry land. I know that when my feet touch that solid ground, things are going to get much better. And it's funny, yeah, how that works. For those of you who are, get seasick, okay, you know what I'm talking about. God's not done with creation, there's good news on the horizon. There's good news. God shows his mercy despite the fall. Adam and Eve, we know what happened there. And Noah's family saved in the flood, but they also fell to sin. And the descendants of Abraham, the literal descendants, they sinned, they fell short. But God wasn't done. Remember the light of the world? Yeah. 
the sinless one, the one who does not fail, the light of all people. Jesus would recreate the human spirit. Jesus is restoring all creation. He is making all things new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. The new creation has come for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we can glorify God. Your second blank. I'll fill that in for you. Make disciples who love God and love others. You know, the church belongs to Jesus. And he uses the church to accomplish the, to accomplish the mission to recreate and restore. And um, it's in Matthew 22 and 28, making up what we know as the great commission and the great commandment. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then Matthew 22, the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus is still changing lives. And this is where we have the opportunity to prove the relevance now more than ever of our faith and to let the light of Jesus shine so that the world may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. You know, the history of the church shows that God's people are willing to care for strangers in times of tragedy and despair. Christians show up when natural disasters strike. Churches become ground zero for relief efforts in grief-stricken communities. And in the remote places of the world, the church has established hospitals and clinics to care for the medical needs of people who don't have access to health care. And the parable of the Good Samaritan is a great reminder of how we ought to be in these times. I'll give you the bullet point version of that parable. It's found in Luke, Luke 10. And so an expert in the law comes up to Jesus and uh, kind of asks him, who's my neighbor? And uh, Jesus tells a story about who, a man who was attacked on, uh, on the road and left for dead by robbers. And um, I surmise, even though it's a parable, okay, Jesus, this is a story, right? I surmise that I think the guy that was beat up was Jewish, I would say. Um, he was coming from Jerusalem and uh, where the Jewish people lived, all right? And um, the Samaritans generally didn't hang out in Jerusalem. So here are the bullet points of that story, right? Beaten up, left for dead on the road is this man. And the first religious man walking down the road sees him and just walks on by. And then the second religious man walks on down the road, sees him, and walks on by. And in fact, they actually kept their distance. In Jesus' parable, they actually crossed to the other side of the street. <laughs> they, went, they went like, oh, 
and then went over here. And that's how they kept their distance. They kept some social distance, like weird. Why would they do that? That's like a fellow countryman. But the most unlikely fellow stops. A Samaritan man. And uh, as Jesus would tell this story, this definitely would ruffle the feathers of his Jewish audience that the hero of the story, okay, the person that comes in and, and helps this man is a Samaritan. The Samaritan approaches the man and he uh, bandages his wounds and he pays for his hotel stay and he even uh, offers a pay up to the innkeeper in advance for any upcoming expenses that this man would have. And so when Jesus answered the question, who's my neighbor? Jesus said, anyone in need is your neighbor. Be like the good Samaritan. Go and do likewise is kind of how he said it. So we who call ourselves followers of Christ must love our neighbor. So while there is wisdom in social distancing and getting the supplies we need, there may come moments when our assignment is to face the risk and approach our neighbors in need. And I want to point out that preparing wisely is a means of loving your neighbor, okay? Take warnings and advisories seriously. Uh, slowing the spread of a disease, take that seriously. You are protecting people and you show love to your neighbor in this way. And yet, as followers of Jesus, we believe that wrapped in every tragedy is an opportunity to show love and compassion for those who are hurting. And love always requires setting fear aside in the best interest of the mission. I wanna share with you this photo that I received. I don't know if it's real or staged, but no words are needed for this photo. Let's bring that photo up. We must love our neighbor. And I believe that God prepares us for these things. He prepares us in advance for these things. This is a time for the church to shine. This is where we get to excel and to put our faith into practice so that the world may see our good works and that God gets the glory. Ephesians 2.20 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Church family, let's connect when there is a tendency to isolate. Let's show selflessness in the face of selfishness and let's be the light when the world is dark you know the early church wasn't known for stockpiling food and supplies for themselves they were known to share with anyone who had need father damien saint damien of molokai he didn't tell the lepers of Kalaupapa, okay, you stay on that side of the road with all your stuff, and I'll stay on this side of the road with all my stuff. Wow. He bandaged their wounds. Yeah. 
So I'll lead you to the final point. Pray now. As followers of Jesus, we know that God is not anxious. He's not afraid. He's not in any less control. He's right here with us in this room, attentive, and he's ready to take care of us. He answers prayer. He cares for you and your neighbor deeply. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is a tendency to lean towards panic and fear. But our job, our calling, is to be people of faith. A people of faith and prayer, even in a world surrounded by fear. And pray as you will and as the Lord leads for the healthcare workers and those who are afflicted. Be generous with what you have. The needs will be mounting and moments to love your neighbor will become more evident. I want to ask the worship team to come up at this time. God wants to use you to love your neighbor. And it could be a literal neighbor. And it could be a total stranger that you've never met. Just like that Samaritan in the parable who helped a total stranger. It can even be someone you haven't thought about in a long time. Or someone God places on your heart in a very specific way. I wanted to give us some ideas, some ways to put loving our neighbor into practice. Check in on those who are isolated, the elderly, the vulnerable, the lonely, and offer them help. Go shop for groceries, walk their pets, Clean their yard. Share with your neighbor and offer what you have out of your own supply. Pray and ask God to reveal needs around you. And when he does, just meet the need. Don't overthink it. And pray that God will intervene in this pandemic. Now more than ever, Let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if people ask you about this pandemic, you get to answer there is a savior who drives out all fear in whom we can hope and trust. Tell them about Jesus who changed your life. Tell them how he will still change lives today. He alone can change their lives and bring hope into their hearts. And maybe you're hearing this for the first time today. And I want you to know that even in the midst of uncertainty and fear, Jesus will change your life. 
And there are many here who can testify to that. I'm one of them. We are called to bring glory to God and to love him with all our hearts. And we are called to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now more than ever, let's show the love of Jesus. Bring glory to God. Love others. Pray now. Bow with me. Lord, we are so grateful for your love for, for all of us and God, that you still have a plan for creation and that you have already done a work in our lives for those who have declared uh, their faith in you, that we are a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. We thank you so much for that. God, help us to be a people of action. I pray that tonight, we would not go from here complacent, but alert and wise, but also looking around and seeing the needs. Oh, Jesus, you left us. You left the church. And we come together as the church to accomplish the mission, to bring you glory by making disciples who love you passionately and their neighbor as themselves. In Jesus' name, amen.